Yeah, so there's pneumonic and bubonic, and I think one other. So bubonic's like in the boobs, and pneumonic is like in the lungs. Pneumonic's in the nooms. The nooms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those nooms. Eat when those are sick. everybody welcome to the bears and brews podcast i'm pam and i'm salami salami (laughs) so lame (laughs) my joke or the name uh the name (laughs) when it when it was spelled wrong remember (laughs) when was that oh a while ago oh can't remember what it was for okay anyway welcome to the show what are how's it going Good. Are you asking me or the listeners? Well, I guess we can't really ask the listeners. We hope you're all doing well. Uh, I'm good. How are you, Pam? Uh, I'm eh. <laughs> uh, walking. I came, went to Utah last weekend for my 40th birthday. And congratulations. Happy birthday. Should I sing no, to you? Please, God, no. Uh, everyone at home sing and she'll be able to feel... The energy, the energy, even though this, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but I saw that. you. You came to Brewies and watched the Utes game with us, which is totally your mm-hmm. jam, football. <laughs> yeah, so it was really good to see you and hang out. Oh, it was good to see you too. Um, I injured myself pretty badly, which happens every about every other year. <laughs> I mm-hmm. just roll my ankle on something and break something break it or sprain it or hurt my knee or whatever and it's been about two years so i was overdue yeah that's when we're looking at it gotta stay on schedule yep i was walking down the sidewalk in some shoes i had no business wearing and just rolled my ankle um fell into a bush it was i was a hot mess i mean i have bruises and scrapes on all four limbs my face is scraped up uh and i sprained my ankle and probably broke my foot Mm. so i say probably broke my foot because the soft tissue swelling was there was too much of it for them to tell for sure but they think there's a, a little hairline fracture in there so um, I'm just a hot mess this week. I'm so sorry that that happened. It just sounds so incredibly painful. <sighs> I'm glad you have a high pain tolerance, but I still worry. That's still really shitty. Well, your break was really, really bad. Like this I is just a low pain tolerance. So it's it was you literally too. broke your ankle in half. So like, yeah, <laughs> it's quite a lot different, but. It wasn't as cool of a way, though. I didn't fall into a bush, and I wasn't wearing cool shoes. I was just wearing tennis shoes. So, yeah, that's what I did for my 40th birthday. Hurt myself. <laughs> your your hair looks great, though. Thanks. That's another thing I did. I completely buzzed my head. Unrelated incident. Yeah, unrelated. <laughs> I went full G.I. Jane, something I've been wanting to do. Oh, my God. I have so many people were like, are you okay? Did you like go full Britney? Like what's going on? And I was like, (laughs) yeah, no. And I was like, no, I've wanted to do this for about 10 years now, if not more, it was done by a professional hairstylist. So it wasn't like I just, you know, got Mm -hmm. drunk in the bathroom and did it myself or something like, (laughs) yeah. So it, it was highly planned out and yeah, I have no hair and it feels great. It looks amazing. I'm jealous and super like proud slash excited for you. You know cool. what's you know what's fucked up is what? that we have to even feel that way about how a person wants to do their hair, right? Like mm-hmm. somebody but was it's like unusual. Yeah, like someone was like, "Oh, you're so brave," and part of like <laughs> part of me is like okay, I didn't like run into a burning building and save anyone. I just shaved my head. Like, and the fact that it's a huge deal for a female to shave her head is just like, why? Mm -hmm. Like who fucking cares? 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that should be more normalized that aren't. Like it's it's Yeah. Um Oh, okay. So should we do the bear fact of the day? Oh yeah. Did we do one last week? No, because it was supposed to be a micro brewing. Oh, I was thinking when we did coyotes. I guess our first part of coyotes, did we have one? Yes. I obviously need to do my homework. Yeah, like do you even listen? Like I just don't prepare anything. Uh someone we actually saw a listener, or I met a listener. Um, oh my gosh, what day was that? What day was your uh, Saturday? Yeah, last Saturday. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> last last week, uh, super cool listener, um, and they said they loved the podcast. And then, uh, oh yeah, Michelle. Like, oh. I'm like, who are you talking about? <laughs> um, and they were like, oh, it was uh, Michelle's husband, RJ. RJ, okay. Yeah, super, super sweet, uh, sweet people. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, you're the one that like talks to Pam. And I was like, that is that is what I do. <laughs> and then he's like, how do you what did he say? Like, how do you prepare for it? And I was like, I don't like I just <laughs> and he's like, does Pam like kind of let you know, like what questions to ask? And I was like, no, I, I literally don't prepare anything. Like she's the one that puts in the work. And then I just show up and plug in a microphone um, after making her wait several hours to record with me. And then I just say bullshit and, uh, yeah, it's a blast. We've talked about that before though. That's, that's how, that's kind of how I like it. Like (laughs) I don't want it all to be staged. You know, I don't have a script. I have an outline of stuff I want to talk about, but I don't have a script and it is a very detailed out. Like it's a very detailed outline. Like you don't come into this completely unprepared like you are one of the most structured people who really like i I feel like airs if you if you have to pick airs on the side of over prepared which is awesome yeah and i i mean yes i know a lot about an assortment of animals but there's definitely things that i'm researching and learning every week that we do this and Mm -hmm. That's part of the fun. That's like the shit I do in my downtime for fun. Yeah. Is like yeah. read books about coyotes or I rewatch The Office and eat snacks. Nice. I have had no downtime lately and I'm not going to for a little bit still. Um I am very much looking forward to winter when things slow down. What? Yeah. Did you just say you're looking forward to winter? Are you okay? Yeah, but remember, I'm a douchebag who snowboards in Tahoe. <laughs> Did I say that? Has new, new skis. So no, you didn't say I was a douchebag. It was implied, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to our bear fact for the day. That was the bear fact of the day. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so this is actually also a teaser for our next episode. Oh. So you're actually going to know in advance what we're going to talk about what? next week. Does that mean I have to do homework? No, none. Okay, cool. Okay, here's the bear fact of the day. Polar bears have 9,677 hairs per square inch. I feel like you told me this ages ago. Uh, So before we started this, you would, every once in a while, just like, Thrill me with awesome bear stuff. I don't know that I knew that before. Well, it was something about like how many hairs they had. Oh, that sounds right. I, I might not research it, but I have a memory for things that you've told me. Um, brew of the day. I Okay. Are you drinking anything? I had a drink and when I was sitting down, uh, getting ready to record, um, hanging out with our two dogs, I tripped and I spilled it on my laptop. <gasps> so I don't have it anymore. <laughs> My laptop's fine. Oh it was closed. God. It got spilled slightly on the on the lid on uh, my desk here and a little bit on the floor. What was it? But, just water. Um, I think it. I think I. You know what? Just water. What are you drinking? Just beer. Finish. Is it beer? Uh, well, tell me what you were drinking, <laughs> and then I'll tell you what I'm drinking. Uh, I think I drank it in a previous episode, so it's probably not like a a cool thing. But um, this is cold dragon fruit. Oh yeah, drink. That yeah, actually sounds good. And that was the last glass I had of it. I'll have to get some while you're here. It's amazing. We'll have that and some salmon. Mm-hmm. There's a special drink I'm going to get you that I thought of this <gasps> weekend. Yeah, it's a surprise. But okay, 
But look what I'm drinking tonight. Is it a beer? Water. Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. I'm just drinking water. I'm shocked, though. I am only drinking water because I took a pain pill for my foot. Very responsible of you. So, yeah, I'm just having water. I don't fuck around and mix anything. So, yes. Um, good good practice. Absolutely. Yeah. Just water. Well, nice. Yeah. Very proud I also, of you. Yeah. Oh, Staying thanks. Staying hydrated. Yep. Uh, all right. Are we ready for more coyote talk? Fuck yeah. I'm really excited to learn more about coyotes. So today, what we're mostly going to talk about is like conflicts with coyotes, a couple different myths, some facts and some tips and things like that around living, you know, with, with coyotes, just kind of hoping to shed some light on a lot of misconceptions right. about them. And I, I hope we did that last time too, to be quite honest, because even just the basic facts about them mm-hmm. are, you know, not, not what people expect or think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, okay. So why do we care? Like what, you know, we talk a lot about how every animal has its place um, in in the ecosystems that they live in. Uh, they all have a function. We've talked about it before. Even mosquitoes do, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but, you know, coyotes do a couple really good things. One of the one of the things they do is they actually reduce populations of foxes, feral cats, raccoons, and skunks, not, not by like killing them, but by what's called competitive exclusion, which means when you are kind of competing for the same food resources, usually the bigger animal is going to win out. Uh, and, and we kind of talked about that last week when we talked about how wolves are why coyotes are kind of smaller now and have uh, different preferred prey. Mm-hmm because the wolves kind of did that to them. But one side effect of that is that has increased like nesting birds and songbird abundance and diversity. Really? Yeah, because those other things that that will kill the birds, coyotes are helping keep them in check as well. Interesting. Everything's connected. You know, they also, we talked about it last week or last time, but, you know, rabbits, hares, rodents, um, gophers, groundhogs, those are, that's their kind of preferred prey. And so they keep those populations down, which ironically really can help farmers with their crops. And it helps reduce uh, the amount of rodent-borne zoonotic diseases. And a zoonotic disease is just something that can be transferred from human to animal. So like hantavirus, Mm -hmm. which is really popular in Utah. That's what I thought of. Very popular. I have lots of friends that try to get that. Yep. Everybody wants it. And the plague, which, yes, is still around. And people do get infected by the plague every year. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about human, um, human coyote conflict. And so one thing real quick though, um, an encounter is not the same as a conflict. So when we talked about black bears and conflicts, most of the time, those are lumped as the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you come across a bear on a hiking trail that would be lumped into, you know, that bear human conflict number, but with coyotes, we're not, that's not the same. So an encounter is just, you see one out on a hike, it runs off, whatever, or one gets into, you know, you see it like catch a mouse or something. Whereas the actual conflicts are exactly what it sounds like, right? They've preyed on something, um, like your livestock or, um, bit a kid or gotten into your trash, something like that. And that's really where the crux of the misinformation lives. So remember we were talking about a few weeks ago, how many of the large predators, um, black bears, grizzly bears, wolves, mountain lions, how many they killed, how many, how many humans they've killed. Yeah. It's, insanely small number for all of them yeah like wolves it was like six or something i think it was nine so guess so guess 
So knowing how much coyotes live amongst people and always have to reiterate, you know, what we talked about last week, ever since humans had civilizations, coyotes have been living amongst us, but, um, and knowing how, how many there are and how close they live within humans, how many human fatalities do you think coyotes have caused? Zero. It was very close to zero. And this is not yearly. This is ever. There's only ever been two humans killed by coyotes ever on record. In like the whole... Everywhere. Ever. Wow. Um, in 1981, uh, one killed a child, unfortunately, a toddler in a driveway. Mm. And then the only adult human ever killed on record was just in 2009. But this person was hiking in the woods in Canada, and actually another group saw the whole thing go down. This big like pack of coyotes literally surrounded them. It, it was definitely predation. And... The best idea that people that researchers could come up with at the time with these coyotes in particular is they started to have to attack larger prey. So do you remember we talked about that fusion fission thing last time where? Yeah. Yeah. So in this case, this is a case where they are doing that because of the resources. So in this particular area of Canada, uh, there's not near as many like rodents and small animals as there used to be because of climate change. So the coyotes mm -hmm. in that area have learned to group together and actually they prey on moose. Wow. But, but with these specific ones, mm -hmm. um, it was this, kind of learned, not learned behavior because it didn't have anything to do with the fact that she was a human. She was just large game and it, they had poor food resources in the area. Ooh. And so um, what they did is afterwards, they actually took like teeth and hair and stomach contents out of these coyotes and and in this area, they, you know, they did a lot more than just that, but in this area, coyotes were not habituated to humans. They were not getting into trash. These specific ones had like no trash at all in their systems. Um, and they were still very, very afraid of humans in general. But again, from time to time, this kind of shit happens, right? And that is part of recreating out in nature uh, where there are prey animals. But I think the point is, Coyotes are so versatile and adaptable and they're choosing to stay away from us the majority of the time. Yeah. And I, I think we need to give that a little more credit than we have. I think so too. Yeah. And even, even just like biting people, there's not that many per year nationwide, but if you compare it to domestic dogs, they bite 3 million kids a year. Holy cow. Like, your pet dog, literally, your your child is m several million times more likely to get attacked by the domesticated animal in your house than a wild coyote. So I think, you know, putting things into perspective about how dangerous it actually is to be around coyotes. Now, having a healthy fear of each other is a good thing. You know, again, the fact of the matter is there are conflicts. They do kill livestock. They do bite people. They do kill the occasional dog. You know, that, those things happen. But one of the big kind of ideas is that these conflicts are almost always predictable and almost always preventable. Mm -hmm. So, and we'll give you guys some, you know, actual tips and things that you can take away from this that can actually help you out. Okay. Uh, so when it comes to like a, attacking or biting dogs and livestock, the numbers are really inconsistent because not everything gets reported or even confirmed, right? We talked about that before where sometimes, you know, you have a dead sheep and, and you're not quite sure what killed it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really hard to confirm or, you know, put put numbers together of how many of those that are actually uh, 
killed by coyotes. But what we do know is that the total losses of livestock by all predators, so mountain lions, wolves, bears, coyotes, bobcats, raccoons, everything uh, that preys on on animals in in America, it's four percent of sheep are killed by predators and 0.23% of all cattle. It's very, very few. It is few. And as we discussed before, that's not evenly spread out. So predators definitely can make a huge negative impact on a certain ranch or a certain farm or a certain community, right? it, it is an issue from time to time. Uh, but I think if we're looking at overall, and again, that 4% and that 0.23%, that's not just coyotes. That is all predators. And like we've talked about before, when you have prey animals in in the, you know areas where there are wild predators, there is some aspect that's the cost of doing business. Yeah. But that being said, there is a lot of things that we can do to help out ranchers that are having problems. And I think the biggest thing we can do is listen to them and not discount their experiences. Cause I feel like, I feel like that happens way too much and I'm a vegetarian. I'm not eating this stuff anyway. Like I, I think ranches are horrible for the environment. I think there's so, there's so many things that we could be doing better in those cases, but the reality is we have a lot of ranchers that are very important to a lot of people and the global food supply and they deserve our respect and our consideration just mm-hmm. like us tree hugging hippies you know deserve yeah. to be heard mm-hmm. so um the the biggest things that do kill livestock though are disease illness birthing problems and weather So it's not even predators that are the biggest parts. So with dogs, attacks from coyotes on dogs are are pretty unlikely, but that likelihood goes up the smaller your dog is. So um, if you are in certain areas, make sure you're keeping your dogs on leash. We'll we'll get to some some ways to keep dogs safe here here in a bit, but one of the biggest myths about coyotes is that they lure dogs away just to kill them. Uh, And I've heard that. Like siren? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, a coyote siren. (laughs) What the fuck? And I have heard that from a lot of different people who are knowledgeable and that I respect a lot. Part of the reason why they think that is because the coyotes will start doing some of their vocalizations and dogs as we know are really curious and so they're going over and checking out what's going on and that's usually when the coyotes are now defending themselves or their den site and they attack a dog so they don't actually lure and everyone's going to say you know i'll probably catch a lot of shit for this one because People will say, oh, well, they kind of, you know, looked at my dog like they wanted to play and then trotted off and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, sometimes coyotes want to play with dogs, but they're not like sitting there with a fucking fishing pole like, hey, come, come hang out with us. Like, it's just not happening. And one of the ways we know, so there's this um, a professor at University of Calgary. Her name is Shelly Alexander. She looked at, um, she studied every single like media report, and this is in Canada, um, but she looked at all the media reports and uh, the reports of dogs being attacked by coyotes for the last 10 years. And what she found was that they're almost always defensive on the coyotes Mm -hmm. part. And we know this for a few reasons. Uh, One of them is bite patterns. So the bite patterns on the dogs were usually defensive. So the coyotes were biting like the dog's shoulders or their asses, which is like, get away. If they want to kill something really quickly, they will, and they'll grab it by the neck. Uh, But in this case, these were defensive bites. And here's the kicker. In 93% 
of these coyote attacks on dogs, the dogs were running loose, off leash. Oh, which we talked about before, specifically with like black bears. Yeah. Uh, so um, we talked last week about some baiting that's been done with coyotes. I want to talk about the bad one first. I'm not going to spend too much time on it though. And this is poisoned bait. And this has been happening in various ways for about the last hundred years or so. And this is where some sort of bait, meat of some kind, food basically, has chemicals in it that will kill the coyote. The problem is it's also killing anything else that comes across it. And it's also killing things that eat coyotes. So bald eagles that might feed on it, Mm -hmm. vultures, um, other, you know, other, like maybe a fox or a raccoon, a skunk, uh, ravens, that's going to kill all of those things. So, you know, this is why also at the wildlife rehab that I volunteer at, we really try to get people to not poison rodents. Yeah. Well, it uh, affects like owl populations, right? Yes. Owls is a big one. Um, coyotes, foxes, again, anything that's going to feed on that, on that dead body is now also mm-hmm. going to be poisoned. So this new one, uh, it's not new, but it was, it was uh, approved again in 2019. It's called an M44. It's basically a cyanide bomb. And it, what? It, dude, it's so bad. And as soon as the bait is triggered, when anything triggers it, it sprays cyanide into presumably the face of whatever triggered it. So humans, deer. This is stuff that's banned. Like, this is like chemical weapons level it, it, shit. Yes. Like this, this is, is chemical not, warfare. Yes. This is banned by like the Geneva Convention, I believe. Like, how are we? How does anyone think that this is okay? Yeah, yeah. That you know, that's a really good point. That it, it is. You know, it's banned by civilized nations who shouldn't, you know, agree it shouldn't be used on humans. So, like, yeah. We talked about it before, but like, why are humans so fucking special? Like, everything is here and has evolved into the way it is to, you know, give and take in these ecosystems. And if if your argument is that humans are more self-aware or intelligent or conscious conscious or whatever, that's a fine argument, but that just I think further uh furthers the idea that we should be looking out for other species. You just fucking nailed it. We're, you know, everybody wants to say, oh, we're so intellectually advanced, blah, blah, blah. We can show compassion or whatever. Like we have all these complex emotions that other things don't have. First of all, we're learning every day that, Mm -hmm. you know, animals have very complex emotions, but you totally nailed it. Then that makes it our responsibility to take care like do these things for these animals who who don't have that you know sense of self or whatever it is that somebody wants to argue that they don't have right if we're this highly intelligent creature why are we using methods that haven't worked for 200 years like why like yes a hundred percent yes to what Mm -hmm. you said it's it's now on us as that smarter more advanced species it's our responsibility now and we're fucking it up. We're fucking it up. I agree. Okay. So these cyanide bombs can be placed like all over public land. Um, so your forest service, your BLM land, same areas where humans can go and take our dogs and our pets. Uh, in 12 years, those cyanide bombs killed over a thousand domestic dogs. Yeah, I wish everyone could see what you're doing right now. Looking looking really depressed. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's like same thing with trapping. Everyone thinks it's so awful when it happens to dogs, which it is, but then why why is it not as equally awful when it happens to like a wolf or a bear or a fox? Like it's awful for any creature. And yes, 
being the more advanced intellectual species and the species that can feel compassion, if there is some kind of killing, we should be doing it quickly. Hum- as, as humanely as possible, as painlessly as possible. Yes. As, um, uh, I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't want to say coldly, but it should never be something. It's like cruel. Yes. And, and it shouldn't, I, I hate using the word pleasurable to me. That's kind of a gross word anyway, but especially in this context, but that should never, that should never even enter in, into the, you know, the thought, the thoughts of someone. Right. It, it just, it, yeah, it, it should be like, if it's a necessity, I think personally, um, and yeah, as humanely and painlessly as possible. In a lot of cases, it's, you know, not needed, like as with coyotes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's just, it's just not necessary. And that's why I don't refer to the people who participate in those killing contests we talked about last time. I don't refer to them as hunters because that's, that is not fucking hunting. That is slaughtering and that is killing for fun. And that is not hunting in any way, shape or form. Not at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So we talked a little bit last time about rabies vaccinations that get dropped in bait, um, usually from planes. I didn't realize, but that still happens. They still do that. Really? Yeah. So our friend Kelly, one of her friends actually worked on one of those projects Mm. and was like in the planes, dropping the vaccinated bait and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a, that's an example of kind of a, a good web impact right like whatever mm-hmm. now if a eagle eats a dead coyote they're not going to be you know vaccinated but um i guess what i mean more is an a, another animal that would come across that now also has a rabies vaccination yeah. and absolutely and less chance of it uh spreading exactly less, uh, fewer vectors yep Ooh, vector <laughs> busting out the busting out the science terminology. I googled it. Uh, okay, so let's talk. Um, I know we're kind of just rushing through some of this stuff because I want to. I just want to spend a lot of time on like the human aspect um, here in a bit. But so having we last week I said if you don't like coyotes quit killing wolves and having large predators around like wolves or bears or mountain lions, they keep coyote populations down in ways that us just going out indiscriminately killing can't. Um, So having those populations around, it's not going to just temporarily get rid of whatever that problem coyote is, right? Because not only do these large predators on occasion kill coyotes, but Coyotes, well, they're eating, you know, another food source of coyotes as well. And that helps keep coyote populations down. They're out there 24-7 in the woods doing that, uh, which humans can't can't really do. So taking the larger game, coyotes will generally avoid them as well. So um, they are, you know, staying more out of sight, staying away more, um, not going after all this big game. They're staying how we want them to stay, which is kind of like how kids should be seen and not heard. Well, kids shouldn't even be seen, but. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so having these larger predators on the landscapes, it helps keep these coyote populations healthy, but lower. And the coyotes in those areas fill that niche of that smaller prey and scavenging from larger kills. So having those other predators around is mutually beneficial. Um, As opposed to when humans do it, you know, we talked about that demographic compensation where the female has more pups, right? But one thing that was found was that the population will rebound within just eight months if, if there's like, like after these killing contests and stuff, when like large amounts of them are killed within eight months, uh, because we kind of touched on it last time, but removing a coyote from a location just results in a different coyote moving in. And usually in under three weeks, that's like one coyote gets fired and they get, it 
like a new yeah. person into that position within two to three. That's incredible. Right. And like, that's what Charlotte was talking about in the mountain lion episode. Um, mm -hmm. In South America with those pumas, you know, they found that even when they kill them in a very short amount of time, another one would just fill that spot. And so, you know, this is kind of a recurring theme. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when we go out and do this kind of stuff is like, like we said last time, we're kind of putting that, that social dynamic into a bit of a disarray. And then we're also creating larger litters of pups, which means now these parents have to take down larger prey or more prey or get more brazen in what they're taking down because they have bigger families to feed. Mm -hmm. uh, the breeding pairs are also going to be younger. The average age of breeding pairs in coyotes is only one to two years old. Ooh. That is fucking insane. Yeah. Like they're not even fully mature, like mentally at that point. And they're like head of household. And so they're not, you know, they're more reckless. Um, they don't really know society's rules like we talked about last time. So something something else about coyotes is they don't really like go sample new food sources. So if we can keep if we can keep these coyote kind of families and dynamics intact, they're going to do what works for them. And coyotes aren't very brazen by nature, right? The ones that have been able to survive over hundreds of years are the ones that are more shy and kind of stay, stay out of the, mm -hmm. the spotlight. So if you have coyotes in your area and they're staying out of sight, they're not causing issues, they're not preying on pets or livestock, just leave them alone. Absolutely. Those are the kinds we want to keep around. Yeah. Um, and it's going to make the immediate problem worse. Um, there is almost always a counterintuitive increase in predation immediately following lethal removal of coyotes. Like immediately, within days, wow. there's an increase, a, a measurable increase in predation of livestock after you kill a coyote not less. Um, and actually in Idaho, there was a study by the, this is what's fucking stupid. The remember that wildlife services we talked about last time? Yes. Okay. Fuck so that. a bunch of the studies, this is ugh, a bunch of these studies that we're going to reference and link. That is where I've got some of this information from are partially funded or done by the USDA and the USDA is who runs that wildlife services. So like they're not even listening to themselves. Again, why? So ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, you know, so what we're finding out even by the people who are going out, you know, calling wildlife is that non-lethal methods just work better. And there's, we have, decades and decades and decades and studies upon study upon study that shows that. And they also cost less over time because you're not out there like you're not having to keep going out and killing the predators. Like they will literally learn to stay away. And for the ones that don't, you have the non-lethal options to keep them away. So in Idaho. Yeah, there's so many options. So many. And we're going to talk about them here in just a sec. But in Idaho, over a seven-year period, they found, so they have, there's, um, I can't remember the official name, but there's areas that are considered um, like lethal control areas and non-lethal control areas. And over a seven-year period, what was found was that predation is three and a half times higher in the areas of lethal control. So what's the fucking point to it? What's the rationale? Yeah, exactly. So you're actually going to have less predation if you use non-lethal methods. And this is Idaho, right? Like, ev like the everybody hates predators here. And <laughs> so it's an ironic state to do the study in. Mm -hmm. um, but what they found was that um, livestock guardian dogs and a method called Fladry, which we'll talk about, are the most effective. Fladry? Yeah. It sounds funny, huh? Curious. Yeah. Curious what that yeah. means. 
we'll talk about it here in just a minute, but yeah. So, so it's, it's, it honestly reminds me of climate change. We have all of this evidence and all of these people who this is literally their jobs to figure this shit out. And people that have been screaming from the rooftops for years and years and years on what works and what doesn't. And you still have people not listening. And there was actually a really cool article. It'll be in our show notes um, from Oregon State University. And it was, it's based on a 14 year study again by the USDA in California, which is where a shitload of coyotes lived. And basically what Mm -hmm. they found was that more lambs are killed when um, more coyotes are killed. So the idea is it doesn't have the desired effect at all. Yeah. And, and what, and this is a, a, a quote from the study, killing coyotes is kind of like mowing the lawn. It stimulates vigorous new growth. And so the, t- the title of this article is really interesting. It's using coyotes to protect livestock. Wait, what? That's the full name. That's the full name of it. I love it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just adding that. I love that. Yeah, no, that's the name of the article. And so the more predators that were removed, the more livestock was killed after. Uh, yeah, so can we just stop fucking around with with wild things, please? Like, yeah, we have quite a theme here. So uh, let's talk about um, like tips and things like that to help, right? Because yeah. If I were to say coyotes are never a problem, just like with wolves or whatever, that's just a straight up lie, right? They can be problematic. But mm-hmm. like I said earlier, conflict is predict- predictable and preventable. Most of the time with these wild animal conflicts, mm-hmm. guess whose fault it is? You get one guess. Human. Always. The human. Always humans. Always. So one of the biggest things that we can do is to never leave food or attractants out for coyotes. Obviously never feed them directly. It's a horrible idea, but this is a theme. I feel like I fucking say this every week, like quit feeding Mm -hmm. wildlife. And I would imagine the people who listen to the show is not the target audience to be yelling at to stop feeding wildlife. Uh, because I would imagine none of our listeners are, are feeding any wildlife, but <laughs> thank you listeners. Um, we've talked about it before, like bird feeders, garbage, any kind of animal or livestock feed, uh, two things that a lot of people don't think about that's especially important are compost piles and mm-hmm. the fallen fruit oh, from trees, which we talked about last time a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like those, those are the coyotes love fruit. Um, and you know, any trash in general, stinky compost. Well, I guess it's not stinky for long, but anything <laughs> like that is going to attract things that would eat it. And it is our responsibility to make sure they don't have access. I'm not saying you can't have a compost pile and bird feeders, but I'm saying we need to take precautions to make sure other animals can't get into them. Absolutely. When it comes to dogs, don't let your dogs run loose. Uh, Especially if you know you're in coyote country. If you have some big dogs, you know, it's very, very unlikely that a coyote is going to go after your larger dogs. Uh, Almost no chance of that, but be careful. Uh, Another thing, spay and neuter them. Another reason why is because Coyotes can breed with domestic dogs. Really? So, yeah, please just fix your animals. Uh, Another thing, keep your dogs on a leash. Or if they're off a leash in an off-leash area, again, know what they're doing, where they're at. Make sure you have full control over them. And follow warnings. Make sure you can see them, right? Uh, Yes. Make sure you can fucking see them. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know. I mean, they could be getting into all sorts of shit. Yeah. Right. Um, it's for their safety, wildlife safety. You're like everybody. Mm-hmm. Follow any warning signs. If you're walking around a big city park or whatever, and there's a sign that says like, don't go on this trail because of coyotes, don't go on the damn trail. Just be smart about it. Um, one thing you can get for little dogs is called a coyote vest. 
Aww. and it's it's like a little jacket and it has spikes on it uh-huh. and they work really well and i think the brand is actually coyote vest i'm not quite sure um repellents that you can use so they have ultrasonic uh noise ones those haven't been studies studied with coyotes specifically but we recommend them at the wildlife rehab for all wildlife and we have you know anecdotally seen decent decent results with them um with at least the smaller smaller wildlife um electric fencing a tall fence with those coyote rollers Uh, Something that works really well is uh, motion sensor lights or sounds. Coyotes don't like being startled. So even a motion sensor light a lot of times is enough to get them to run off. Uh, And then fladry, that funny word from before. Such a funny word. It just sounds like you made it up. I know it does, right? (laughs) It's where you hang up um, like pieces of like flag or cloth or whatever on like a rope or a string and the idea is that it flaps around in the wind and keeps and it scares the wildlife now interesting it doesn't work for very long a couple weeks or a month or so usually because Mm -hmm. the coyotes or wolves will realize oh that's not actually doing anything but one of the best times you can use it is like calving season when the babies are really little and can't protect themselves. Uh, And then also just moving them around, right? That's going to help a lot too. If you do, you know, have anything hanging as a deterrent every now and then put it in a different spot. And then animals you can put out with your animals, llamas, Mm -hmm. donkeys. Aw, my llamas will be so happy. Yeah. And my donkeys. (laughs) And livestock Mm -hmm. guardian dogs, you know, Charlotte talked about these in the mountain lion episode, great Pyrenees, Akbash, dogs like that. Like they are literally the most effective deterrent worldwide for livestock, for predator livestock, um, Mm -hmm. prevention and management. So, you know, those are some of the best ways that that you can non-lethally keep yourself safe. Um, however, if you are in a situation where a coyote is being a little more assertive or, you know, they're not going away, they are kind of following you, that, that would be a hazable situation. Um, again, an encounter is not the same as a conflict. Yeah, to just like live in life. If you just see one on a trail... You don't always need to haze it, but, and, and actually I'm going to link some like downloadable and shareable resources for what is normal urban coyote behavior and what is not. And, um, times when you should definitely haze them. So yelling, waving your arms, basically getting loud and large, uh, anything that makes noise. So whistles, uh, if you, we talked about whistle on your hiking pack last weekend, you can mm-hmm. use that. Which is a great one. An air horn, um, a soda can, empty soda can with change in it. Rinse it out first, though. Otherwise, it'll all stick together. But (laughs) yeah, and you shake it, like tape up the top and you shake it. That'll get a coyote to run away usually. Um, Projectiles if needed. If you need, like if it's really not going away, you can throw sticks at it, rocks, tennis balls, um, racquetballs, stuff like that. Another thing, if you have an umbrella, you can like pop it out real quick and that'll scare the shit out of them and have them run away. Oh. Um, yeah. uh, Trekking poles, waving them around, smacking them together, hitting, you know, rocks with them, Um, bear spray. If they're around your house, spraying them with a hose, stuff like that. So there are all these ways that you can haze them. What we want is we want coyotes to not want to come near us and Mm -hmm. that's that's the type of coyote that we prefer and that Mm -hmm. we want around type of person i prefer to but yeah (laughs) yeah i'm with you on that (laughs) so those are some tips uh we are gonna link a ton this is gonna be like a link heavy episode because 
There are a ton of resources out there. Um, Project Coyote does a thing called Coyote Friendly Communities. We talked about it last time um, where like Mendocino in California decided to... Way to go, Mendocino. Yeah, they gave the boot to that wildlife services. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of ways that we can coexist. And ultimately, there's so much evidence that it's it's cheaper and it's easier and it's more effective. So we will have a lot of links. Um, But before we end, I just want to say two things about coyotes that are really cute. Oh, that coyote uh, presentation that we did, that we sat in on uh, a few weeks ago, she was showing us these um, in her, in her PowerPoint these coyotes, these urban coyotes um, lived. And another thing that really makes like urban or like coyotes like human civilization is homeless, like our homeless population. So you think about how many resources we're just giving coyotes by not how not having people housed, right? Mm-hmm. Not taking care of our own citizens. That's a side note. But um, so this this coyote, this baby coyote, basically got a little stuffed bear out of like a, a trash pile mm-hmm. and they they had to move their den because uh, some new building was getting built or something and so the researchers didn't see it all the rest of the summer and then they caught it on trail cams in the fall same coyote baby just a lot bigger now and it was carrying around the stuffy still oh you mentioned that literally yeah. still had the stuffy oh, so cute so cute. And then another thing, just real quick, is that um, coyotes and badgers have been known to hunt together um, quite frequently. And there is a pair in Yellowstone that is in a pretty well-known area that tends to do it a lot. It's not limpy. It's a different one. But um, yeah, so it's really cute. They help each other hunt and they share the spoils. And on that adorable note, I think we are going to call it a night. Um, thank you to Christian Mills for our music and Acast for hosting. Uh, we would love it if you guys could visit us on social media. We're Bears and Brews Podcasts on everything except X. It's just Bears and Brews Pod. Email us, bearsandbrewspodcast at gmail.com. Um, any comments, uh, if you want to argue about coyotes, as long as it is, um, you know, based in fact and respectful, I am always up for discussions. Um, please rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's really how um, we can get our word out. Uh, please tell a friend, share the show, and thank you for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.